Hey, welcome to The After Show, the message behind the message. If you haven't already done this, be sure to subscribe and like us so you can get all of these podcasts and everything else sent to you weekly. I am Michael Grove, and I get the wonderful privilege of being with Pastor Wanda today. Thank you, Pastor Wanda, for being with us. My pleasure. It's so good. We are talking about a really hot topic right now, aren't we? We are. As a matter of fact, every time I heard the sermon this weekend in the auditorium, I wanted to stand up and say, everybody, pay close attention to this because this one is for you. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, have you, let me just start right there. Like, tell me the funniest story of a time you've ever taken somebody wrong when they were trying to say something and maybe you like took it completely wrong and they were, didn't even mean that. Is there, you got any, any funny stories you can like lighten us up with first? Oh my goodness. Well, you're sort of catching me off guard, but it's yeah, it I'm was sorry. interesting. Uh, one day I was here at church, and and we had done a big event, and a lady came up to me, and she said, Wanda, I've always liked you when you wore that dress. And I went home, and I told Mark, I said, well, this one's getting retired because I just got insulted for wearing the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, that is so good. You know what? I work with kids all the time and they have no filter at all. And so I love it when they ask questions about my hair or lack thereof, or when they say something about the size of my forehead, I'm like, wait, kids, what are you doing? Now it's funny and it's lighthearted. At the same time, it could be so easy to take offense to those type of things, can't it? Well, or offenses that are, are meant, offenses that are insulting. Uh, people that say or do things without any regard for how that is going to affect you. They just might be blowing off steam themselves. And yet each one of those conversations or uh, incidents creates great uh, woundedness in people when those things occur. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll dig into that in just a couple minutes here. But let me ask you this. Why do you think it's so easy for us to take offense? Well, I think it's because offenses cause separation the, between God and Adam and Eve. Uh, Satan caused an offense that caused them to separate away from each other. Offenses in conversation cause us to, to uh, judge and usually judge negatively the uh, intention or the behaviors of others toward us. And it's just the opposite of what God would have us to do when he says to encourage each other, lift each other up, be careful of your words that you are not uh, tearing down, but that you're building up. So I think the world sets us up to be very cautious about relationships, other people's opinions of us. And uh, we walk around often on eggshells going, well, what did they mean by that? Or why did they say that to me? Or that was about me, when really it might have been about an issue for the organization, not personal, but we take offense. You know, and I have, I have such personally myself have a hard time 
um, accepting words of affirmation, but boy, can I cling on to those words that are negative or hurtful or tear down. It's so easy for me to grab a hold of those and let them take root and define me and begin to build this, this whole construct around who I see myself as or what I see my job as. Um, why do you think it's easier for someone like myself to hold on to those words than maybe the affirmation? In fact, sometimes when people give me words of affirmation, I don't know how to respond because I brush it off like, yeah, okay, thanks. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. But the moment somebody says, hey, when you said this this way, it kind of seemed like all of a sudden my world is shaking and I'm like, oh, I failed. What do I do differently next time? How do I change this? Why do you think it is that it's hard for someone like me to hold on to the good words, but so easy to hold on to those negative words? Well, in a way, it's like gravity that the sin in this world just is always pulling at us the insecurities, the lack of peace, the lack of confidence is always pulling at us. And it's the spiritual side of us that works against that gravity. Mm. So we are predispositioned in our humanness for that to pull us down. Wow. And we have to work, and, and it just happens. You don't have to work at being hurt, insulted, you know, offended. You don't have to work at that. What you have to work at is that spiritual peace that pulls us up, that thinking about what is right and true and honest. That's why the word of God is so important in our lives that we can remind ourselves in, in our thinking and take captives those thoughts that say their opinion of me defines me. Yes, yes. You know, and let me just pause for a second and let everybody out there know, hey, if you're dealing with offense right now, you're not alone. In fact, nothing that Pastor Wanda or myself today can say can take away all offense. That's um, something that only God can do. However, you're not the only one that's ever walked through it. I think for myself and for, I don't want to speak for you, Pastor Wanda, but I'm sure you've walked through offense at times too. Um, and we don't want to hold on to those things. You just said a very key thing, and that's the Word of God. Uh, and I'm so thankful Pastor Marty is consistently bringing the word to us and reminding us this is what we live by. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how can someone find uh, refuge in the word when they're offended? Do you have some words of wisdom towards, it, it sounds almost so cliche as a Christian, oh, just read the word. Why does the word bring comfort? Why is it something that brings us peace in the middle of offense? It, it helps us to recognize that we can take captive. The Word tells us that we can take captive every thought that's contrary to the will of God. And we know that the will of God is a perfect will of God. So we have that ability because the Word tells us that we do to take captive those thoughts and to reverse our thinking and think about the things that are good and true and what the yeah. Word says and what Jesus affirms about us. And may I say that it tells us how in love we are to think about the other person too. We have to recognize, that helps me to recognize that God loves that person just as much as he loves me. And he's not going to take my side against my offender. Oh, that's good. That's really good. In fact, Pastor Marty had talked about Jeremiah 17. Uh, and this is one of the things that he said, and I love this. He said, um, how can I judge your heart when I can't even judge my own heart? And I, I think there's so much truth and wisdom to that because our heart, as Jeremiah 17 says, the heart above all else is deceitful and wicked. Um, my heart wants what my heart wants. Mm -hmm. Not to sound like 
some sort of uh, weird person right now, but my heart is constantly in search of something. And so I can't, if I don't keep captive what it's looking for and what it's wanting, I don't even understand where it's headed on its own anyway. And so when I get offended by what somebody else is saying, I don't know where they're at. I don't know what's going through their life at that moment. And so it's easy for me to judge them and be offensive towards them or be offended by them when I don't really know even what was in their heart at the moment of them saying something or doing something. It's so easy to get caught up in that. And I would predict when that happens to you, as it happens to me, I avoid that person. I avoid that person instead of at times, maybe even because it's someone I want to be in close relationship with, leaning in and say, hey, what'd you mean by that? Yeah. That hurt. Yeah. What did that mean? And to pursue reconciliation right then, right there, instead of the distance growing and it, them being someone that used to be in your life, but no longer is. Wow. Because the word tells us that God desires reconciliation in all situations through Christ Jesus. Not reconciliation of wrongdoing toward you, but reconciliation of relationship uh, through Christ Jesus. If it can't be reconciled through Jesus, we have to talk about that. But uh, reconciliation is part of God's plan, whether it's on in heaven or on earth. That's good. That's good. You know, in Ecclesiastes uh, 7, Pastor Marty brought this verse up this week. He said, don't hasten your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Tell me, how does offense lead to anger? Well, anger in itself... Pastor Michael, is really energy, energy that get, that causes action. If you've ever noticed when you become angry, your, your neck gets a little red, you've got some energy in there, but the root is, of, is energy toward pain, hurt, uh, misinformation, or misunderstanding are the roots of that anger. We have that and the anger then is the energy to act on it. And that becomes rage or hatred. And that anger, if it is, isn't used, I like the scripture where it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger or mm. wrath. That means you better work that out and not go to bed with it. Because when you go to bed with anger and you swallow it, even if you don't act outward on it, it can create over time depression. And depression just grabs your brain and just sucks all of the life vitality out of you. Wow. So the anger, the energy of anger can drive us to the foot of the cross. Wow. And to say, God, help me with this. Help me with forgiveness. Help me to duck this offense right here, right now and not carry it with us into the next day. Because what does the Bible say about tomorrow? It's got enough troubles of its own. That's right. We don't need to go carrying today's load into tomorrow. That's great, that's great. You know, I love that thought of the, the two guys on the Muppets. Uh, and Pastor talked about it this week, and I don't remember what their names were, the older two gentlemen oh, that yeah. sat up in the <laughs> box. Oh, it's funny because if you go back and watch it, it started out, that was that was okay. No, that was good. No, it might not be that great. Actually, that was bad. That was really bad. That was awful. And they like worked themselves back and forth into the spot of both being bitter towards whatever just happened. And I think we can have people in our lives that spur on offense and help us to like really dig into that offense and feel it. 
And we have people in our lives that can really help us find freedom. That's why we say here at Calvary Church, um, we find freedom in groups because that's such a great opportunity to get around people that are Christ-centered, that can encourage us and help bring us through those. Um, And like you just said, it all comes back to Christ. He's the one that has the ability and the power to raise us from those things. But what what would you say towards... um, getting in groups of people who can help us get through a fence and find that type of freedom in the middle of those frustrations and angers. Do you think that's a a huge part of our walk as Christians? I think it's a a huge part of our walk in relationship, but it's something that we can monitor and control our conversations in group. Um, Often people bring to group uh, gossip that's a prayer request. And then it pulls other people in and it focuses on a negative about a th- another person and then that becomes gossip and it can stay there. But if we bring information in that's affirming, uplifting, you know, part of our model here is we share our stories, we share our testimony and testimony is good news about what God is doing in us and through us. So we monitor how we go into a group and we know what we bring to a group and we want it to be good, uplifting, and encouraging. So how can we be focused on bringing that type of thing to other people? Uh, Because I do agree it could be easy just to become um, gossipy, complaining, just a, a way to get people around us. What can we do to prepare ourselves to be that type of person for others so that we're bringing them freedom and we're helping them get over a fence? We have a strong conviction in our own hearts that words matter and that we aren't idle with our words and that when we go to a group, we go prepared. When you and I are going to teach something, we prepare ourselves ahead of time. A gathering of people are souls that God loves and every minute counts while we're here on this earth. Uh, So we go in knowing that God's gonna use us and he's gonna use other people in our lives. And so as we pray for the groups that we're involved with, we're praying that everybody that comes is refreshed, encouraged, and is in closer relationship with God and others because they've been there during that period of time. So now I know there's a difference between um, just an offense and something that deeply happened and wounded us. And I think sometimes it's easy in the Christian realm especially um, to try to get people to just move past something that was actually life-changing in their life uh, and just discard it as, well, that was an offense, get over it, Christ is going to help you. But there has to be a space for people to heal from something that deeply wounds. Am I wrong in that or is no, that right? you're absolutely right in any form of forgiveness is something that uh, we do over time. And I often define it as there's a difference between excusing and forgiving. Uh, Somebody steps on my toe, I can refuse, I can excuse that. Uh, Somebody maliciously hurts me or somebody I love. That takes a process. And part of that process sometimes is uh, distancing and recognizing that it did matter and it did hurt and that I have to process that with the Lord first and then be able to judge what the Lord is telling me through his word about a go forward. Everyone that we forgive 
Pastor Michael, we don't carry into our future with mm. us. But oftentimes we are able to bless them and bless them and want for them. Here's one of my prayers. Lord, I bring so-and-so to you today. I'm having difficulty with what they did to me, but right now I'm disciplining myself to pray that you bless them with every good thing I would want for myself or those I love the most. Wow. And I, I discipline myself to do that. I discipline myself from a distance. But you know whose heart it helps? It helps my heart. And then in the spirit world, I believe it ministers to them through Jesus as well. Wow, wow. So when you're saying that, I, I recently wrote a book a couple of years ago called Identified. Uh, and it was my journey to understand who I am as a person. Um, part of that stems from something that happened when I was younger, which I had right reason to be hurt and mm -hmm. right reason to build some walls around me. But God led me through a process of forgiveness. So what led to writing the book was some words that were said to me around that forgiveness um, that I took offense to. And so I went through a long process of even though I had forgiveness and I had freedom, I allowed myself to be taken captive again by offense. And it began for maybe a year and a half to two years to shape and change the way I saw people. I talked to people. I led a staff. I preached. Everything was kind of pulled into a spot with that. Can you talk for a moment about um, just what offense does psychologically, physically? How does it how does it begin to shape and change us? I know there's science behind all this, and I know you're a wise person with that. Can you just give us a quick overview? What is offense doing to us physically and mentally when we allow it to take root? Well, uh, I appreciate you saying that it was a process that you had to revisit over the course of your maturing as a Christian and even as a person growing up, that you had to revisit that because those kinds of uh, whatever it is, can create insecurity in us, lack of confidence, uh, making us wary of relationships, mistrust of mm. others, uh, mistrust that God has us in situations. We are always looking out for ourselves because we have to protect ourselves against hurt from other people. When we do that, uh, we build up walls, and we build up walls that keep other people out, but they also keep us from being able to engage with other people. And so it, um, it occupies so much of our mind and our thinking and the way that our thoughts just gather around that, even when we don't want it to, but it has such a deep effect. That deep effect can does affect... Uh, us in many ways with the anger that comes from that, the insecurity. People can have physical illness because of it, especially stomach issues. Yeah. And over time, it becomes embarrassing. And so you don't want to talk about it. You don't want help. And so you insulate yourself and you isolate yourself. And that's exactly contrary to what God wants for us. He wants to us to know that he loves us and that we're free to love others and that we can love him and we need to allow others to love us. Wow, we're always in a process for that, aren't we? Yes, we are, yeah. all the time. 
Well, this has been such insightful conversation. Just in conclusion, what would you say to somebody who has been offended or knows they've caused offense in somebody else's life? What would you say to them today to kind of help them find some freedom? I would say that's some homework you need to do. I would say uh, put your words on paper between you and the Lord. Write down what offended you and who offended you. Write down what you did to offend and who you offended. And with God's help, either reconcile with that person, make restitution, but you can bring all of that to the foot of the cross and make it your prayer. Lord, help me, forgive me, help me. I think Jesus told his disciples to pray that way, didn't he? Yeah. Forgive, help me to forgive as I need to be forgiven and see it as spiritual work first. And as uh, we do our spiritual work, we can have the mind of Christ. We can take captive those thoughts that are contrary to his will. We can think on the good things. And that's a journey. It's a discipline. It's a process but it's one worth doing. Amen. Amen. And I know, um, I love that you said work because we think there should be some really easy way to get over an offense or to have somebody forgive us for an offense. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it just takes a little bit of work. And yeah. you know, it's funny because I found most of the time when somebody offends us, they don't even know they've done it. That's right. I, there's, a, there's definitely times where people intentionally say things to hurt us, but most of the time they have no idea we're yeah. carrying that weight. And in the work of finding out how to overcome it, when we talk with them, it's so easy to find that forgiveness. It's so easy to find that mutual respect and love for each other when we just talk about it. When I teach about this, Pastor Michael, I often say, keep your knees limber because you're going to need to duck offenses all your life. I remember hearing you say that before, and I thought that was the, one of the most profound things I've ever heard, <laughs> ducking offense instead of getting hit in the head by it and right. allowing it to take root. Yeah. So, hey, this has been great conversation. Thank we want to encourage everybody. We're not meant to walk life alone. Mm -hmm. And so maybe right now you're walking through something difficult that has just been too hard for you to hold on to by yourself. You weren't meant to. We would love to pray with you and support you and be there with you as you figure out life. Uh, so please reach out to us. We'd love to just support you in any way that we can. But we know that we have freedom in Christ Amen. and he continues to deliver us through these type of situations and we can find freedom from offense. That's all the time we have today on the After Show. Remember, be sure to subscribe, like our YouTube channel, and um, subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get weekly reminders and updates every time that we're here. We love you guys, and we can't wait to see you next week right back here on the After Show. Mm -hmm.